Hello and welcome to everyone tuning in today. We're coming to you from News and Arts at Dufferin and Dundas. Joining us today is France Brent Harris, artist, sculptor, graphic designer, doll maker, and much more. Welcome, France. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. It's great to be here, too. And how are things going for you? Uh, let's see. Because of COVID, a little slow, a little crazy because of, you know, I'm a black man. So because of the murders in the States, mm -hmm. a little bit trying, um, you know, the climate of the world where finally people are realizing that racism exists, especially in Canada, is kind of a good thing. But we really didn't want more black people to die to prove this point. But here we are. Exactly. And I know that's a sensitive subject for you, and you are quite vocal about it. And lately, you've actually taken some action through the artist world as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? When all this started happening, I believe you had a fundraiser. Oh, I had a fundraiser. I was just trying to do something in this mad time uh, to raise funds for some programs that are happening in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is Stepstones for Youth, which is an organization which um, bridges the gap between foster care and um, when children age out of foster care at the age of 18, mm -hmm. they're really normally just sent on the road. So they end up in a shelter. And uh, I think the statistics is 70% of them end up dead or homeless or in jail. So it's a huge percentage of people yeah. that come out of foster care end up not being able to make it. And unfortunately... Most of the children in foster care are either an indigenous or black. So that was one thing. And the other thing was uh, raising some money for the family of, of a woman who died when the police responded to a um, wellness call. Yes. And of course, Black Lives Matters and... Another organization which I am a part of is the Black Gay Men's Network of Ontario. So I was uh, raising money. I am raising money for all those um, different organizations. And I'm putting up a piece of my art as an incentive for you guys to give money. And whoever gives the largest amount mm -hmm. will get my piece of art, which is worth around $4,000, $3,750. That's a great incentive because your artwork is mind-blowing. I'm such a huge fan of yours. Thank you. And, you know, we've had the pleasure of sharing space at Studio Visuals a couple of years back. Uh, where can people find the link so that they can be a part of this and donate? You can go to my Facebook page. Yes. Um, Franz Brent Harris. I'm just... And it's under GoFundMe on your Facebook page, yes, which is. we will post with this podcast to make sure that everyone can... Um, you know, participate. Thank you. Um, that being said, you have an insane background. You're so creative and you didn't even get into sculpting till like 2009, which to me is still pretty recent because your work is so, I don't even know what the word is. It's striking, it's captivating, it pulls you in and it's, it's powerful. Can you tell me a little bit about your education in Jamaica? Because I believe you went to the School of Art. Yeah, I went to Edna Manley School of Visual Arts, and I did graphic design. Well, I, no, I actually did I did uh, jewelry for a year, mm -hmm. 
and I got a job at a the largest jewelry studio in Jamaica for a summer, just for a summer. Wow. But then I learned what it will take for me to actually design jewelry. <laughs> it meant that I would be fixing chains for like several years until, as one of the people pointed out, the top jewelers at the top there, one of them has to die before you can move up. Oh my. And I was like, no, that's... Nah, I'm not, I'm not fixing not the it. business you're interested <laughs> no, in. No, <laughs> I want to design jewelry. I want to design, you know, beautiful things. I don't want to fix chains and, you know, for mm-hmm. tens of years until, until someone dies and I, you know, inherit their position. Right. So I became a graphic designer, you know, which was an easier route in terms of creativity. And um, I did that for many, many years until I came to Canada. Uh, so you want to talk about how I came to Canada? Actually, that was one of my questions. Can you maybe fill us in a little bit about why you left Jamaica? Well, Jamaica is a very homophobic country, and yes. I left Jamaica because I'm a gay person, I'm a gay man, and they like to kill gay men in Jamaica. That's just the truth. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. So Canada allows, you know, allowed me to become a refugee here. And now, and now I'm now a citizen. And, like, that's why I left Jamaica. There was, you know, it was just impossible to live there safely as a gay man. Right. And it's a happy and sad story because you have to leave your country because yeah, you're not accepted. Yeah, my country's gorgeous. Like it's exactly. It's very gorgeous, and there's a lot of talented artists in Jamaica, which you don't hear a lot about. And that's then true. you have to come to a culture, very different, but you're accepted here. So Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we can get into this deeper. I feel like we're a bit more polite and accepting on the surface, yet that still comes with its racism and homophobia. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people in certain cultural backgrounds and sexual preferences experience that every day still. And that's a problem, but this is why we're here to talk about it, because this needs to change. Yeah, it does. It really does need to change. Um, the, I think that Canada has a really good PR program because it tells, you know, tells the world that we are this. You know, we are accepting and we're not racist. And, um, you know... We never had racism here, and there's no slavery here. And then when you come here, you go like, this is not the situation at all. Yes. And then for a little bit, you think, am I going crazy? And then you realize, no, this is the situation. And what they tell you is a lie, you know, so. I couldn't agree with you more. (laughs) And it's saddening and disturbing Um, But I think we've reached a point, this is the time to change all kinds of things because a lot of what's happening in the recent time, it can no longer be ignored. There's been lines set for hundreds of years Mm -hmm. and those lines are constantly being crossed. So my frustration with with Canadian people is they, they want to believe the lie that they're nice. Mm-hmm. That it's a nice place and they're so nice and you know they they really don't want to accept their own racial bias. Think I mean I had to like reconcile because I have to live here and I have to work among white people that mm-hmm. racists can be nice. It's not 
a racist is a bad person. Mm-hmm. You just have to like, they're just ignorant. And to just be able to chill and exist, you have to say, okay, well, racist can be nice. You just have to deal with that part. But um, it's, it's that constant denial, like, no, this doesn't happen. You know, this doesn't happen. Um, I'm really happy about Amy Cooper mm-hmm. because she's Canadian. Super racist who also doesn't think she's racist. Right. You know, she's like, no, I'm not racist. I was, what, really? I have black friends. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, um, okay. So what advice do you have? How would you bring the education? What are some of your suggestions? How the hell do we get past this for once and for all? Because if humanity cannot break this down now, I have zero hope left. Um, starts from education, like this, and they have to start telling the truth. Uh, white European people didn't care about anybody else. They came here, murdered, raped, killed people Mm -hmm. to set up this country. This country is built on a whole pile of blood. If you start from the truth, then people will, will stop thinking, you know, their entitlement and stuff like that. But that's not what's being taught. Right. You know, I remember a teacher coming to me saying she didn't know all this stuff about slavery and, and, um, and indigenous facts. Mm-hmm. And how can she present this to her children, who were mostly white, without them feeling bad? Wow. And I was like, they have to feel bad. You can't not. How, how are you going to? That's the whole you, point. How, yeah, how can you present genocide, rapes, and slavery to people and make them feel okay about it? Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Because what's not okay is all of those things. Exactly. So I was like, well, I can't help you because there's no way I could package this for you mm-hmm. to make your, um, your students not be traumatized. But we know at the end of the day that's not what it's really about. And if we really wanted to educate, we wouldn't have one month of black history. <laughs> we wouldn't have your brief review on the indigenous. There w- it would be part of your everyday curriculum yeah. to understand how this works to make it stop. Because it's one thing what you learn at school, which is essential, because a lot of families do also come with the education of some sort of racism. So these children come to school with this. Yeah. For us to reprogram them, it has to be solid. Yeah. And without that being taken seriously, it's never going to change. Putting up stop bullying and stop racism signs does fuck all. I'm sorry I have to put it that way. Because my kids are in school, I see it all over, but I don't see the practice and I don't see enough people actually speaking up and fighting for it. And a lot of principals and teachers are in that kind of, oh, we don't want to upset anybody and step on toes, so they don't want to get too political. Yeah. But what are you teaching your kids if you're not standing up and getting political? That's true. And what I think they, people generally don't understand is that if you, let's just face it, black people are at the bottom of society. Mm-hmm. If you take care of the people at the bottom of society, you're taking care of everybody else. Yes. So... You know, you, you, you think that uh, police brutality will only happen to a black person, but then, who knows, a policeman might have a bad day and look at your white kid and brutalize them, and what you're going to say, oh, dare, like... No, we're like, 
they're going to do is make a fuss. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that's going to be in the headlines. But they, they, they've set a precedent already that mm -hmm. a policeman can brutalize a human being. Yep. So he's probably going to get away with brutalizing your white kid too because he's gotten away with it many, many times for doing it to black and indigenous people. So no matter, even if you are whoever you are, mm -hmm. he's still going to get away with it. He's going to use the exact same reasons that he used to get away with it when he did it to a black person to do it to your white kid. Right. And he will get away with it. So... Well, hopefully that's where uh, the spotlight is on. So this is, there's no excuse if changes aren't made that are very noticeable and everyone starts feeling safer. I hope so. Um, I hope so. But <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I'm kind of like, uh, how do I, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know what else. If this doesn't do it, I'm like, well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're at that time. Everything just seems we're in a place of the unknown. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's very interesting because there's so many challenges right now. And I think it's 50-50. We can have incredible things come out of this because people are open getting, you know, our eyes are opening up to so many things that were already there. Yeah. But the incidents are becoming more isolated. Yeah. And maybe even with these unfortunate events, it happened at a time where everyone had to stop there was no choice but to acknowledge it in a different way. Yeah. And yeah. so, but I can also see everything going back to exactly where it was once it gets going, because that's human nature. We forget so fast. Yeah, and um, the, the economic structure of, of the world supports this. Yes. I mean, you know, it's money is power, might. That's, you know, and um, yeah, it, it just supports keeping people in a place of semi-desperation that they forget about stuff. It's, it's the distractions. It, it works so well. It does. And now... We know we've gotten to all of this, but we're not visual. We're all audio, and I would love to be able to describe how wonderful your artwork is. So if you can maybe tell us a little bit about how you got into sculpting, what your pieces represent, and also your doll making, because your okay. dolls are just mind-blowing. Okay, so I got into sculpting because of doll collecting. I, um, I was... Uh, my mother, my mother was ill. She's okay. She's she she recovered, but she yeah. was very ill, and I was kind of worried to go see her. And I was passing by Goodwill, and I saw a Barbie, and I think someone had just placed her back on the shelf because she was moving because her hand was like slowly dropping down. I was like, <laughs> but it was a black Barbie, and I was like, wow, look at this! I've never seen a black Barbie before. This was when? This was in uh, two two thousand eight. Okay. And I bought her. And I started like looking for black Barbies. So most of them were online. I started collecting black dolls. And so I've got to skip. So that night when I after I bought her, I made clothes out of old shirts. And the first day. <laughs> yeah. You're inspired. <laughs> yeah, I made clothes because you know she was she was actually nude. So I made clothes okay. for her and stuff like that. And I had so much fun. And 
the next thing I knew, it was I made two outfits, and it was six o'clock in the morning. I had spent the whole night making Barbie clothes. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun. I started collecting. And then, um, so my collection was mostly black dolls, mm -hmm. and I wanted a black doll that kind of looked more like the women I grew up with. Realistic yeah. curves. Yeah, yeah, realistic curves are not so skinny, not, you know. Yeah. So I, um, I went to a studio of sculptors, uh, the Al Green Sculptor Studio, to find a sculptor to commission to make this doll which I had sketched. Mm -hmm. And um, they said that they don't do that, but I could try to sculpt it myself. So I joined, and that first day I sculpted the head. And I realized that talent. So that's how I started sculpting. Wow. Yeah. And from then, sculpting the dolls, I also want to sculpt my, you know, visions of, you know, what I wanted to say. So my art is, is figurative. Mm -hmm. And it's usually about my race and the experience of having candle due to racism. So like how I feel about approaching the society, how I feel the society views me, you know, just dumb questions I get asked mm -hmm. from well-meaning people, but it's just like, seriously, you know? So my, my art is a response to all of that. Um, so some things, you know, cause, because, because, a lot of times, I, I don't want to say what I want to. I don't want to say what I'm thinking, because it will upset a lot of people who are not black. Right. So I just do a piece of art, and then you read the title, and then it punches you in the face. Well, you sound like an artist right now. <laughs> it's like you have a message, but you don't quite want to communicate it verbally. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. I just do the art and then whatever. And I, I, I purposely make my art very beautiful to look at. Oh my, is so it like ever. The figures are yeah. beautiful, but the message will get you. And it's like, a, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Franz, I hope we have you in here to do an exhibit as soon as this is all over. And That'd I love how you described everything because your art is a representation of everything we just talked about. And it so comes through. Because every time I look at your work, there's so much emotion. So I can't wait to share that with the world again. And everyone, I really suggest for you to find France on Facebook. We will make sure we have all his information. And uh, thank you so much for coming in. We'll hopefully see you again. Okay. And everyone, don't forget to join News and Arts on Facebook and Instagram to hear about the future podcasts and upcoming events. Thanks again and talk to you soon. Bye.